Happy Saturday, fellow acolytes. I am your... I just crashed. Sorry. I am back now. Sounded like dial-up for a second. I don't even remember. I'm your fellow Sith Lord, Ty, and with me, as always, is the very bright... Am I bright today? I'm I'm bright Kaylee. Kaylee bright. Kaylee bright. Kaylee bright Sounds like a Care Bear name. It's like a new Twitter handle right there. Not changing it. I am still Darth Lady Shaw. Because <sighs> I am dark and... Way to go, a-hole. Dark and dead inside. If you've never heard of us before, we're a Star Wars podcast that has a YouTube channel by this point. Finger guns. Getting there. Finger guns. Should, Fing- uh, finger guns? Finger guns. Finger. Oh, okay. Those are finger guns. Um, we should have the first review out this next week. So. Oh, you're already doing it? Well, yeah. The last light comes in on Monday. Oh, my God. That's why I was testing out the lights in the closet. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we are a Star Wars podcast that talks about the minutiae. Minutia. Minutia? Define. Of everything Star Wars. Oh, okay. The the finite, the tiny. Actually, it's infinite, not finite. The tiny, uh, minuscule details of Star Wars. Like today, we're talking about hyperspace. Oh, this is going to be interesting. <sighs> all, all Mind of, bubble. All of hyperspace. So if you want to go to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at WayfinderPod, you should do that. You should follow me at Jabba101. Don't forget Tiki Talkie. Oh, and on TikTok, Wayfinder Pod. I've been too busy, so I haven't done any in a couple of days. But you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Lady Shaw. AKA Curious Kaylee. No. If we all just call her Curious, what's funny is like January like 10th is going to roll around or whatever. I don't know what the date is, and everybody's going to be like, hashtag Curious Kaylee. And then you're going to have to change it. Not changing it. So, yeah. Uh, wait, what chapter are we talking about 24. Today? It all blends together. We are halfway done with the book. Woo! Halfway. So, with that being said, welcome to the High Republic. I'm actually using a paperback uh, this time around. Going so old school. I, I have to flip it. Welcome to the High Republic. Centuries before the rise of the Empire, prosperity, pioneering, and adventure marked the era of the High Republic. Chapter 24. Pages 185 to 195. We start this off on Markeon Rose flagship. Well, actually, chapter 24, Hyperspace, The Gaze Electric. Which is Markeon Rose flagship. Well, there you go. I just did it backwards. So, with that being said, Kaylee, take us on a flashback. Ah. Oh, crap. You didn't do it? I forgot to do it. Let me do it real quick. Let me find the last time we were with Marky on Rose. Wasn't it literally like two chapters ago? Um, I'm not sure. Sorry. Sorry about the squeaking fellow. The production quality of this show is astounding. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's see. The last time we saw Marky on Rowe. Yes, I'm it was drinking a long coffee at chapter. 530. Okay, so the last time we saw him was chapter 21, No Space, when they were in, like, the Viking Hall-esque type 
bubble yes. in the middle of space. And I remember noting on that episode that Markion Rowe is a man with plans. He is. He is definitely a man with plans. However, it doesn't, the last time we saw him, it doesn't really seem like he was. He just kind of was like a bystander. Very basically. unassuming. Yes. Um, but we start going into his uh, plans during, you know, this chapter. And I really enjoy how his plans end up. Yeah. Yeah. And this is coming from the guy who uh, have, hasn't read Light of the Jedi in a while. Um, she just finished it. Well, I mean, we just finished. I finished it like three or four days ago. Yeah. Well, no, it's been geez, more than it's that. Been over a week because I've already finished Test of Courage, but that wasn't difficult. I knocked that out in one day. Yeah. If you, if you find that easy, race the Crash Point Tower. You'll do in like twenty minutes. Yikes! Probably That's super I fast. I don't know, but yeah, we start on Markion Rose flagship, and we basically get a description of the Gaze Electric. And not necessarily what it looks like, I don't think, but more so how it navigates space. And it navigates space through Mari Santeca, who happens to be related to, well, the Santecas from the previous chapter. And she is well over 100 years old at this point. It's been 8,400 years. But yes, um... This this entire introduction, and, and it's funny because it's like, it reminds me of like this innocent, childlike like wonderment where like you're a kid and you, you rode your first car for the first time or like you're doing something you really enjoy. You rode your first yeah, car? Yeah, you rode your first car. Did you like surf on, on on in the bed of your El Camino while your dad drove it? No, I drove it. I drove it. So you drove your car for the first time. You yeah. didn't ride it like a surfboard. No, you, okay. but you can ride your car. Well, I mean, you could have in your you El can Camino ride it. too. You could ride it. You can sit there and ride it. Never got Technically, to, it's floating on the road. Never got to ride in your El Camino. No, you no, you didn't. That sucks for you. It's your fault. You had to dump me. Um, <laughs> no, you dumped me. Anyway. That was um, well afterwards. <laughs> whatever. Uh, Mari Santeki. Santeki. See, I've been having Santeki? a problem with Ricky this. Santeki? Ricky Ticky Tabby? No. Uh, Mari Santeka. Yeah, I keep wanting to say Santeki. Um, but it, it, this, uh, the first couple of paragraphs describe the gaze electric and how uh, Mari Santeka gets this like wonderment from navigating through hyperspace she's like a little kid yeah yeah and she's she's in oh that's what you were getting at yeah (laughs) yeah because you made you always make a face at me when you're like i don't know where this is going you know i'm like man it's gonna pay off and you're like and she's kind of in like a bubble like finn was in the last the beginning of the last jedi that's like oh is that what she's in i don't know it's just described that way well, it's completely different because what Finn is in is like a a newer version of Bacta tank, which Bacta really isn't a thing in the High Republic. So she's just kind of in this. Hold on to that comment, feller. Why? You don't know shit about shit. No, I don't. But what my understanding is, is she's in basically she's like Bubble Boy. Yeah. But it has a has the ability to. Put needles and drugs into the needles like almost automatically. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Finn's got that plastic suit with like hoses and things. Yeah, but that's Bacta. That's not the same thing as this. One is healing and one is destroying, you know? Is it destroying her though? I mean, she's over a hundred years. I mean, old. the I mean, spoiler alert: she he shocks him her to such an extent she has a seizure. Yeah, but that was to get her out of. Don't you justify I his just... actions? You're like, yeah, he's just doing it to get what he wants. Look, guy, he's not a bad guy. Well, at this point, I, when I was first reading the book, th- this point, I was like. I don't know about this guy. Like he, he's a whack job. See, yeah, and he's kind of a whack job. But in light, in light of the Jedi, I kind of feel like he's a puss. Like I didn't really fear him at all. Like when this book ended, I was like, Oh, I feared him at the end. Ooh, look at the magical man! Like, just look at him. He's wearing a mask. And then when I read the Rising Storm, I was like, This dude is off his rocker. He is insane. What is he doing? So like, I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, it's Kevin Scott. I don't know. But um, despite her, what her bubble boy appearance looks like, it basically goes on um, to describe how she's feeling when she's navigating hyperspace and kind of what um, hyperspace was like, if I'm not mistaken. Well, what it's like using the paths. Yes, paths. Yeah. Path. How, how no, no, I'm just have, saying, I'm just saying have. when we talked about, uh, was it last week about hyperspace, hyperspace or def- hyperspace lanes are defined as paths, but these paths are very different than the hyperspace. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't even, I can't go back to the hyperspace conversation from last week. Well, we're about to get worse. It hurt so. My brain. so it says here. Um, do you have anything to add on 185? No. 186? I'm looking at 186. Okay. On 186, I have the first paragraph noted and the third paragraph noted. It says... Me too. Would you look at that? It says... And I just want to note immediately after this what it sounds like to me before okay. you say anything. Okay, go uh, for it. He looked through the viewport at the strange, unreal landscapes... By the way, they're in hyperspace. Unreal landscapes through which she was taking the ship. Like flying through a snowstorm made of flowers built of bright green light. Beautiful and horrifying all at once. And all that made me think was light speed skipping and the rise of Skywalker. Because when they actually did it, that's what it looked like. Like from the first planet they arrived on, like the like when they arrived on the mirror planet to where they arrived on the gas planet before they got eaten by the space worm. Yeah, you didn't have time to think. No. And that's basically what it is here because it goes from a snowstorm to flowers to bright green light. Yeah, and it's just like the way Charles Soule's describing it, unreal landscapes. It's like, well, that's not really hyperspace. Hyperspace is more like a tunnel. Right, but if you go on to the third paragraph, it explains it. Yeah, in the third paragraph it says, Bomari's flight was like that of a fast-winged insect, zipping from blossom to blossom, changing direction without bowing to considerations of inertia, acceleration, or deceleration. So it's kind of like if you've seen like one of those, what are those birds that like sip nectar? The hummingbird? Yeah, if you look at a hummingbird and the way that it flies, it like... Yeah. So it's... Which is so See, weird. It's kind of reminding me, like like you said, of Lightspeed skipping and 
Rise of Skywalker, but a little bit more hectic. Seems, yeah, more, um, damn it. I had the word and then I lost the word. What is the word? Oh, it's, um, hmm. I was thinking like manic. Yeah, I mean chaotic. I'm just going to go with that word. I had a better word, but you know, whatever. So yeah, it's very it's very hectic. It's almost it's almost unnatural. You know, to continue on the theme of that kind of thing. Um but you know, then the question comes up, how would a ship handle this when we saw the legacy run tear apart just trying to dodge something in hyperspace? Well, the next paragraph tells you. I'm a Segway genius. <laughs> go, you can go ahead. Okay, so the fourth paragraph says, These abilities came at a cost, both in wear and tear and fuel. Though the Ace Electric was specifically equipped to handle them via a PATH engine of unique design. The very first, in fact. Similar in appearance to those on all the other Nighthill ships, but greatly enhanced in capabilities. Yes, so um, it's a wonder that this thing hasn't fallen fallen apart yet. Um, yeah, but see, I, I really want to know more about the paths themselves because it, you know it goes on to say that this path in particular was able to translate the actual navigational data that would be rejected. But how does putting this device? Because we've we've seen what it looks like via. Um, was it Dr. Afra? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So it's kind of like it, a It looks like a wayfinder that comes, yeah. But do they, like, put it on the hyperdrive? And it, like, <sighs> what What I want to know is how does it keep the gaze electric, per se, to, to not fall apart? See, and that, you know, in order, it's like... Again, it's, it feels like Rise of Skywalker when Kylo uh, Ren's going through with what what's it called, the Red Mass, or it's called something very particular. It's like the Red Sludge. When he's going through Exegol, going to Exegol. Yeah, this is a very specific name, a dumb name, but uh, when he's going through the Sludge, and the Wayfinder has to go through hyperspeed or hyperspace through it to get to Exegol, and the Wayfinder is used to navigate those points while in hyperspace going through it so it's kind of (sighs) i don't know i guess you have to be a very skilled pilot to make sure it doesn't fall apart and also have to be aware that you're doing it which is why the legacy run probably fell apart because it was in regular hyperspace they weren't trying to maneuver everything and it's my understanding with like the paths or the wayfinders, you would light speed skip, but you would stop basic, you know, stop, not really, but you'd jump out of hyperspace and then recalculate and then go another way, which this is kind of my understanding. Whereas the legacy run wasn't pulling out of hyperspace. It was in hyperspace trying to maneuver, which is why it fell apart. So it says here, I'm going to read you some stuff that might be, Self-explanatory. It says, The paths were routed through hyperspace utilized by... Nihil Marauder ships. No shit. Um, They were unlike any other hyperspace routes, however, in that they were impossible according to conventional navigation systems. The hyperspace prospector, Mari Santeca, possessed a unique ability to locate them. 
and as such was taken by the family of Marquion Rowe, kept alive for a century. Um, bu- 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 bu. They were equipped with the PATH engines. Yeah, I didn't want the PATH. I wanted the PATH engines. Jesus, Wikipedia, give me that shit, by a boy. Um, PATH engines were a type of specialized hyperdrives that provided incredibly fast hyperspace travel through the use of unorthodox and otherwise inaccessible paths. It's like, what? Oh, for example, the Battle of Kerr, which happens later in the book. <sighs> Spoiler. Roe utilized the PATH engines of the Nihil starship to perform short and unpredictable hyperspace jumps across the Kerr Nebula. The Kerr Nebula is um, a bright green nebula in the outer rim. There you go. I still don't understand how it didn't, like... I mean, I may have answered my own question earlier. How, why the ships don't fall apart. See, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't go into, what is it? Uh, let, me, let me Google it. It is the Gaze Electric. Let's do fandom, Star Wars fandom. Um, let's see if it has something specialized that we haven't already read. That's cool that the gaze electric is crewed by droids, though. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, it, and it says in this chapter, he, Markion does not trust those of the Nihil to um, uh, be the crew, I guess, of the gaze electric, mainly because of Maury Santeca, because he doesn't want that secret coming out to everybody. Have you seen a picture of Maury Santeca? I have not. Good lord, you should look on Star Wars fandom. Is it is it rough? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't really know how the ship doesn't come apart, if we're being um, completely honest. See, it, it I, just, I'm, I'm going to take a guess. My assumption is that the, the path engines allow the ships to navigate in such a way that isn't putting too much stress on it. Because the Legacy Run didn't have a path engine. Right, and well, like I was saying is, so if we think about Rise of Skywalker with um, Kylo using the Wayfinder, he has when they when you light speed skip, you go through light speed, you you know come out of light speed, then you go through light speed in another direction. So that's my assumption is that's what this is doing, but the Legacy Run wasn't doing that; it was trying to actually move the ship in hyperspace which yeah. is something you can't do well it in order to light speed skips you have to have preordained coordinates because you know if we if we go all the way back to new hope you know han solo says um this isn't like dustin crops boy like you know if you mess up hyperspace if you don't like set um the coordinates the right way basically be obliterated so like in order to light speed skip or do something like this, you have to make sure that whatever you're going through or how you're doing it is the correct way you're going through it. So looking up Mari Santeca, what her picture, (laughs) this picture, the one that I have, it basically looks like she, her bubble is like a snow white coffin with she looks like liquid in a in a in the glass of a needle. She looks like a caterpillar in a cocoon, <laughs> being held together by cords and wires no, and a breathing said, mask. You said you uh, said a um, butterfly and cocoon, and all I could think about and and she emerged like a shaven baboon. What a psycho! What 
you talking? Bo Burnham. Oh. It's like where um, his analogy was is that uh, that the caterpillar was like emerging from her shell, but really it was somebody inside their house who had just wrapped themselves in curtains and shit all over themselves. And when they emerged, it just looked like a psycho. That's disgusting. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, from that point on, we do get Markeon Rowe and Mari Santeca's relationship, which is... Um, Pretty strange. It's almost like... It's almost like she's the last family he has, but he doesn't know what to do with that. Like, is is family more important than his ultimate goal? But at the same time, later in the chapter, we find out that his father had a goal in mind. And it's like... What's more important to him? Like... It's like it's like he's torn between what his father wanted and like the the actual like family or he feels like his family or maybe this is how he thinks family treats each other. Well, it it briefly goes on in this chapter to say that um, the only other real family that he's known, other than his far, far farther farther his father his father is. Uh, his grandmother was actually the one who stole Mari Santeca. Yeah. But there's no mention of a mother. There's no mention or um, it does mention that he they left their home world a long time ago and he has no home world. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. What what family does he have? The droids on his ship, Mari, his father and his grandmother, which two of those people are dead. So he's like, from what Markeon Rowe is doing right now and what he does later in the book, and he also does in Rising Storm, is he uses legacy not necessarily as a crutch, but like a coffin to stand on, in my opinion, to kind of like reach that goal. Like he's like, I get that my family has built whatever they have built, but whatever they've built is really insignificant. The point is, is that I'm here now and they're all beneath me. So I'm going to stand on top of them and get what I want. But even even that it that that sounds far more sinister than what Markeon Rowe really is. Because even though he shocks Mari Santeca to a seizure, it's so weird. His character's so weird because he seems like this sadistic weirdo, but at the same time it's like he's just like this quiet kid. I mean he's very sadistic. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I well, don't really get the quiet well, kid part. Well, that's that's what I feel like from this chapter because it's like the more internalization we get from him, it's like okay, he's not Hitler, he's not Darth Maul, he's a guy who does really, really, really bad things. But at the same time, we're getting so much internalization from him, you can't help but to look at him more as a human than anything. I feel like Markion is more of a human in this chapter than Mari Santeca. And maybe that's a weird thing to say, but like his his goals, what he wants to do, how he's how far he's willing to go out of his way to get it. I feel like that's fully realized and like I get it. So, the way I see Mari, okay, is she has literally been a pawn for every person a pawn slash slave, because technically that's what she's been her entire life ever since yeah. her, quote, accident that we know absolutely nothing about. Um, 
she was a slave for the Santecas. She's been a slave for um, the Rose, even though she doesn't think of herself that way. But she's a pawn, and she's... Although she's important, she's an important piece of it, like, Markion will step over her to get to what, she, what he wants. Yeah, and I mean, he uh, mentions that to the point where it's like, like, the path she's giving me, I'm not really using them. I'm putting them aside and storing them. Mm-hmm. And I'm saving them for the right moment because she's going to die. Right. So I need to make sure that I have every edge absolutely possible in order to um, complete the vision that my father sought out. But I'm really curious what his vision kind of was because we see it in this book and we see it more in The Rising Storm. Is it for the Nihil to be like this terroristic organization that is, instead of being, instead of being marauders, they're more or less like an organized group of terror with Markion at the lead of it? Because it's like he were... It's like he respects his father's vision, but he doesn't respect his father. But we still know nothing about that. It almost feels like no, that. We, I, I would need to know more about their relationship before yeah. I come to a conclusion about it. But it, I, I don't really feel like he cares that much for his father. And he cares that much for, quote, family. Yeah. Because just, just the way he treats people in general no i don't i don't think you know especially after yeah i don't think he cares too much about family um what we do get on 188 is it goes in to describe how old mari santeca is and i just wanted to read this one line because it's fascinating the only species we get in this book or in this chapter i believe is a chadra fan named utterson what is a chadra fan oh i didn't know if you look it up yeah i didn't look that up either (laughs) Let's look it up at the exact same time. Shame. You're shameful. Chadra. Chadra fan? No. He's a bat. Star Wars bat. Ew. Anyway, he's a Star Wars bat. Um, Chadra fan named Uttersand once described Mari Santeca's heart as a paper lantern. Yeah, she's old as dirt. Paper lantern. Which means that if you light that lantern, the paper will burn. It's fascinating. I think he would honestly be happy to watch that paper burn. I don't know. He's a he's a fascinating character. But the paragraph right below it, it says, But he, Markium, didn't have time for her to be lost in her mind. He had plans and questions, and the Nihil needed paths. And the paths came from Markion Rowe, but truly from this old woman, which like the way this internalization is working, it's like me, but not me yet. It's like this woman, um, but truly this old woman to whom he had tied his entire future. This woman he kept alive and pampered, and she just wanted to fly his ship halfway across the galaxy instead of just... He pressed the button again, and Mari's body went rigid, giving him, again, what he, again, needed. He so, literally shocked her like five times. So it says that Mari's like the last bit of family that he has left, and this is how he treats family. 
Yeah, I don't I I don't think he gives two craps about family. No, obviously not. But uh yeah, you know, he he was kind of like maybe this is where she dies. Uh, maybe I can finally um just get over it. Well, and at the bottom of 188 He's thinking to himself in, in, in his thoughts. He says, maybe this is the end, he thought. Everything I've done, all those years of planning, it could be over right here today. The idea had a perverse appeal. Fascinated, he watched Mari Santeca's trembling, tiny body, wondering if his life was about to embark on, well, an entirely new path. He literally thought the fact that she was having a seizure right in front of him that he caused fascinating yeah that is sadistic on so many levels but it's it's so so, it's so weird because it's not sadistic like ha 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 it's sadistic like he it's like imagine just watching somebody have a seizure like somebody's watching the bad batch yes but he's utterly fascinated in it yeah that's what i'm saying it's weird fine then uh having watching somebody having a seizure like you're watching loki yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's just I don't know. But she does she does go black and then she does black out and then she 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 does black out and then she does wake up and she basically becomes almost like a brand new person like she has Alzheimer's. But she probably does being Yeah. 137 million years old. But her recollection, you know, sometimes she mistakes him for Asgard. You know, sometimes uh, mistakes Markeon for, I think, his grandmother. Is that what it says? Um, or his grandmother. Sometimes her son. Sometimes her jailer. Sometimes her business partner. So, yeah. Um, but, 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 come on. Turn. I'm using physical books. Do, do, do. But it does say here on the top of 190, it says, Her sense of time had gotten muddled. Over the decades, though her skill at finding new hyperspace lanes had not diminished, and not just the paths Markion requested for the Nihil raids, Mari had charted new secret routes all over the galaxy from the deep core to wild space. The deep core being um, what you can't necessarily traverse because there's like a giant black hole. Right. So, and wild space. Uh, She seemed to think Markeon was selling them to the Republic or whatever form of government she thought was currently running the galaxy. That belief was consistent no matter what identity she assigned to him, him being Markeon. Mm. So she's just... um, She's... Yeah, she's like a... I don't know how to describe her because... She's basically a slave, but at the same time, she she's a stubborn, just a stubborn old lady. See, but in but the, sometimes in the, she's just sweet. I don't. So in the middle of one ninety, okay, it says still it kept Mari Santeca happy to believe she was making herself useful, and when she was happy, it was easier to get her to do what he actually needed. Yep, yep, uh, and right above that, I actually had that with the star. Um. Which, which I've already noted, basically that <laughs> that he stores, yeah, the information. So uh, basically, what he tries to do with Mari in order to get something he wants, which which is uh, new paths, correct? No, he's wanting the. Where's it at? Um, 
he's wanting to, he's just wanting to ask a question basically to see if it's possible. Oh yeah. To find the emergencies. Find the emergencies. Right. Duh. And he tries to lure her uh, with dinner. Yeah. Her favorite dinner. She's like, That's I how could you really make a- use a nap. Well, um, you could work and eat at the same time. And her doctor is basically like, she needs a week off. And he's <laughs> like, I understand. Can you get right to work? <laughs> I oh. have brought you your favorite It's like dinner. he's trying to get all of the juice out of her. It's mashed potatoes. Ew. And ham. Is Do that, you is like that, her that favorite? Mari? It does say here at the top of uh, 191, Asgar Road did not bring the path to the Nihil just for credits it would give him, though. He had a goal in mind, redemption and revenge for his family and many others. He had not lived to see it come to fruition and had passed the task to his son. See, I think it was in a previous episode where I... I don't know if I had made it in a previous episode, this uh, conspiracy, or if this was just um, us talking. I don't remember. Um, What's that? So what I believe this revenge is, um, because you've mentioned that, I think in The Rising Storm, he does some things, or Asgard had done things, that would make you think that they are Force-sensitive people. And... My conspiracy, because, you know, I, I love taking my conspiracies, um, is I think they are descendants from Sith. See. And I, they blame the Jedi for the destruction of the Sith. Here's, see, I don't know. I just know. I just know from the Rising Storm. And by the time this comes out, Kaylee will have read the Rising Storm and so we'll have everyone else. Um, so the spoiler ban's been lifted. Suck it. Uh, but there, we do get a little bit of stuff of family. And it hints that maybe not necessarily that they're force sensitive. Maybe they praise something that is. Or th- there is a part of the, the Rising Storm where Markeon is is in the process of fulfilling Asgard's, I don't know how to put this, his uh, task, his vision, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's having internalization with Asgard about how to do it. Like, he's like, this destroyed you, old man. And he's like, no, blah, 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 you shouldn't do this. It was the end of us. Don't do it. And he's like, you you were weak. You died. I won't, you know. And it seems like he's having a conversation with his father, but his father's dead. So, so he's crazy. So it's either he's somewhat Force-sensitive or he's just batshit insane. <laughs> like, like, I think, but I think in The Rising Storm, he literally goes insane. Like, which makes sense because... There's some insanity there. There's some insanity to be had. So, yeah, there there is on 191. I don't know if you have anything on 191. Um, I, I do. It, this it, is the second paragraph? Yeah. Before you get to that, okay. at the bottom of that second paragraph, it says, they were building a huge station, the Starlight Beacon, and what they called the Galactic Outreach, he called Force Projection. Yeah, they're projecting their views upon everybody else force projection but not forced 
projection, force projection. Maybe he knows something about the force. I don't know. Anyway, you read your thoughts on that second paragraph. Um, so basically, it just the second paragraph goes into what um, this goal, plan, whatever you want to call it, vision his father had. Um, it was just it would require a transformation for the Nihil from basically taking them from a disorganized quote disorganized band of criminals that they currently were to a more structured. Uh, group basically from marauders to a structured group of terrorists. Yeah, so basically uh, to, pirates who were like rapists and pillagers to just Al-Qaeda. Wow. But with, instead of Osama bin Laden, you have somebody who's arguably up there with Hitler, but a quiet Hitler. It's just like this. This group is wow. just. <laughs> this group, okay, we went for it. This group is getting worse all the time, and it's because Markion's an asshole. Yikes! I know, right? Um, so he does question her. He's like, he's like, that. This is a one ninety two, by the way. Okay. It says they they are trying to build a huge sort of machine, lots of navigational droids linked together. And they hope they can use it to predict where the missing pieces of the legacy run will show up. I just want to know if that's possible. Can someone like that actually be done? That was a good impersonation of Mark Thompson impersonating Mark Yonrow. It's like... (laughs) It was very creepy the way you like tilted your head to do it. Because you were like this well and that's, like, that's the way i imagine well, you know doing when it. you do your creepy face where you're like this and your eyes get really big and then you start talking weird and you're being like creepy that's what you look well like. that's the way i imagine it because his helmet is so big i see him like twisting it and like if i was looking at Markion with his big ass helmet ears or whatever they mm-hmm. are and he just and he just did this if if you're if you can't see i'm tilting my head slowly oh to really the right. nobody can see so like this like if he just did this i'd be like it's all right, Markion. I'll do whatever you want. Like, <laughs> like I wouldn't even uh, question that. But I love, I love how Mark Thompson uh, takes no consideration for grammar. So he, it, even if there's a comma there, he'll just go through it or not go through it. It's basically how he feels like he would talk. Like, so. Um, I get it. I get it. And she was like, "Of course, I could do that for you. That's the easiest thing ever. I can do it right now." Well, and she's he's like, like, "Of course, you silly!" Like that was weird. She was just like, "But I'm so tired." And he's like, "Well, I'll kill you." And this is where the doctor comes in and says, "Listen, uh, she needs to rest for a week." And Markion's basically like, "Suck it! I'm turning off this transmission, Doctor Bat," and. <laughs> See, this is this is, you know, good information to have, you know, as to what the species of certain people are. Because before I knew it was a bat, like I kind of thought it was like, basically, um, no, <laughs> no. What's that um, character? The guy from Rebels. Which one? Uh, he's really, uh, as Morgan. Who? As Morgan. 
really like fat, ugly looking guy who's also oh, a pirate. Oh, who, who the guy Lando has problems with? Who's like, did you yeah. bring me my stuff? Yeah, yeah, that's what I imagined <laughs> him to be. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. As soon, as soon as you have like a bad guy, like anybody in relation to them, you're like, that dude's of this or that dude's of that. Like, yeah, I could see that. So you really need to know what the species are. <laughs> so that uh, Markion ends that transmission because he's had enough. And then the conversation with Mari continues. He goes, I would appreciate your help very much, Mari. He said, I need to go do a few things, but I'll be back later. Can you get started right away? I'll have the chef bring you your dinner. You can work while you eat. And of course, like several other times in this chapter, Mari doesn't answer. She just be gone. Like, I guess I'll do this for you kind of thing. I guess you're bringing me my favorite dinner. I love mashed potatoes. <laughs> I have no teeth are, left. Are they so, of course, inst- I'll eat the mashed potatoes. Are they the instant mashed potatoes? Make them runny. Runny. And cold. Just so I can put them in one of my tubes and slurp it up. You know, it's funny. That's going to be us one day. Pause. So, yes, how this closing page ensues is basically he comes down to the bridge, which is made of Kashyyyk wood and uh, was made with breathtaking expense, as it's noted. Um, he taps the uh, screen and Kasav, Panata, and Lorna D pop up. <laughs> Why it's... do you got to say it like him? What? Kasav, Panata, and Lorna D. See, I was saying it like Will Ferrell. No, you were saying it like Mark Young. No, like Will Ferrell, where he's like Diego Luna. It's one of his stand-ups. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, so Casal's running his big dumb mouth, and Panada and Lorna D, smart ones, keep quiet. And Markion Rose says, I'm not afraid of the Jedi, Casal. However, because I am not an idiot, I take them seriously as a threat, and they could destroy everything we've built. We've built. That's just funny. Um, so he does recommend that he has a plan and he's going to give them paths to accomplish this plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, is there something special about these plans? I feel like, no, I mean, he, I didn't, he says in the middle of one ninety four, he says, I'm going to give, I'm going to get the three of you, a list of the emergences, the ones that haven't happened yet. Yeah. Go over them, see what opportunities you can find for us. Only catch is no paths. You'll have to plan your operations without them. Just standard tactics and techniques. Um, and he does go on to say in on page 195. Um, uh, yeah, he says the Republic is trying to figure out where the emergencies will happen to. And they'll be there right away after they happen. So use your best people. You'll want to get in and out. Maybe you find a disaster site and loot it. Maybe you ransom off the information about where an emergence will happen. Foreshadowing. But do it anonymously. With the funds going to our dark accounts, my point is be subtle. So, you know, everyone pretty much, you know, we've already gone over. If you're listening to this, you've read the book, blah, blah, blah. I hope. Um, Major... Major foreshadowing moment right there because 
he is quite literally setting one of them up. Although he doesn't know mm-hmm. who it's going to be yet. He he's, knows. You think? Oh, yeah, he knows. It's the dude who talks too much. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Especially considering they've all butted heads. And even before that, he's like, listen, um, since you're not doing the paths, instead of getting a third, how about 10%? See, and this is where we finally understand what the rule of three is. So they say at the top of 195, I say the I doesn't get a third for these. So what my understanding probably is for the rule of three is the I gets a third of the profits, the Tempest runner gets a third of the profits, and then everybody else in the Tempest or everyone else who helped out with that, um, you know, mission, whatever you want to call it, gets the other third. Um, and Kasav, is it Kasav who's like, I don't think you should see, I don't think you, yeah, it's Kasav who's like, I don't think the eye should get a third for these. And he's like, dude, I'm giving you the information. You're using my paths. I'm still getting the stinking third of this. Well, I think, I think the rule of three is that, um, the eye gets a third of each of their cut, right? Anytime they use something that Yeah, they... so if all three go out, then he gets a cut of that, of each of their cuts, and then they keep the rest and give to their organization. Because it's it's a bottom, bottom, top, starts at the bottom and pyramid. goes down. Yeah, it's an upside down pyramid, though. Because the Tempest Runners technically control it. So it trickles down to Markeon and everybody else. Yeah, but Markion always gets a third and everybody else yes. gets other things. Yes, they get the 70%. See, I like my idea better. <laughs> yeah, I like my other one better because it makes more sense that the Tempest Runners would be in control of like like them Not giving for the- long. <laughs> you have no idea. Um, but yeah, he gets snarky. He says, that all makes sense. And then um, the the he cut the connection and said... Get the old lady her dinner. And that's chapter. End scene. Pretty good chapter. Um, another banger from Markeon. He's consistently probably one of the most intriguing characters in the High Republic. Especially after the Rising Storm. I really what? enjoy... Sorry, go ahead. I really enjoy um, how sadistic this shows him. But like a calm... It's always the quiet ones who are the scariest ones. Like, um, Bane is more scary... When he doesn't say anything and he just looks at you instead of going, <laughs> burn, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like Markion's more terrifying when he's like, do you have something to say? And he's, he's not. He's always calculating. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like Kylo Ren, like Kylo Ren's like a quiet, but like a spontaneous kind of quiet. Like you can piss him off really easily. So yeah, good chapter. You have anything to say? Um, I was just going to jump off of uh, piggyback. I'm going to piggyback off oh. of uh, your comment about Markion being a very uh, intriguing character. He's also, to me, I think the most well-written character so far. And we've had, even though we don't know a whole lot about him, we know a lot about him. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. Like, we, we've we only seen him now, like, three or four chapters. And I feel like I know him more than I know any other character in this book. 
And maybe, I, maybe maybe Avar Chris, but I don't. Honestly, I don't. honestly, we don't know anything about Avar. Honestly, she's kind of boring if you compare it to Markian Rue, because Markian <laughs> is so intriguing, and yeah. she's just like, oh, okay, and we're like, oh, we know she's an angel, and Markian's like, he's got some depth. With which is crazy because Avar is is like boring in the sense that. She doesn't really have an arc or anything. What she is is she's a symbol, just like the Jedi, just like Starlight Beacon. And that's what this book is about. It's about symbols and appearances. And so the Jedi in this book are kind of boring, but it's not about their arc or backstory. It's about what they mean to the galaxy, and that's what this establishes. But Markion, it's not necessarily what he means to the galaxy, but what he means to himself. Because it's all about Markion. And in The Rising Storm, the reason I prefer The Rising Storm over this book is it focuses really on four or five characters. And you get that depth. Like Stellan Geo, Selzar Man, you get stuff that's equivalent to this for Markion. Um, well, and you know, this is the first book of a new era where oh, we yeah. literally don't know anybody. So, of course, it's got to introduce a crap load of characters. And it does and, a great job. And, you know, basically this... Quite literally sets up the entire High Republic. Yeah, and I mean, the point of this book, like I said, is to set up uh, the Jedi and what they mean to the galaxy. That's the most important thing, and that Charles Soldan right. does that. So, with that being said, let's head over to our book club for our one comment. The Sacred Jedi Tech! The Sacred Jedi Tech! Read them, have you? Page turners, they were not. Uh, Jedi Master Garrick said, Markion Rowe is a monster. The way he's keeping Mari Santeca is incredibly inhumane and sick. The, the way this chapter delves into hyperspace is pretty fascinating. In parentheses, the previous chapter does that too. In parentheses. And of course, the internal politics of the Nihil are pretty fun to follow. Pretty solid chapter. The design of the gaze electric is pretty cool too. The bridge especially. I agree. Um... Markion is a monster. He's very sadistic, like we have said. Um, I don't necessarily agree with him thinking um, the way he keeps Mari Samteca is inhumane and sick. I mean, it is. I do. She should have probably died. She should have. She should have died. But we also don't know if that was his choosing or hers. Maybe she wanted to continue to live. Maybe she wanted this. But, you know, we don't know a whole lot about that is fair. and That Mari. is fair. There's always another point of view. From a certain point of view. Anyway, so, yeah, with that being said, go on Twitter and Instagram and follow us at WayfinderPod. Engage with us. We will engage with you, baby. Um, we have a Discord for book club if you want to discuss it. Basically, and anything else that you may want to discuss that has to do with uh, Star Wars. Yes, so with that being said, go do that. And like always, we are all in the Republic. Ride the storm. Ride the storm.